people in newsrooms or just anywhere that I wanted to write, they really just wanted me to be like the token Latina that would write about these Latinx specific issues, such as like immigration. Wow, it's been a while, hasn't it? I mean, at least I feel that way. I took a week off last week. And then prior to those weeks, a lot of my my recording was done in September or at least beginning in October. So this feels like, this feels like, damn, like I'm an amateur again. Like I need to get back. I need to get warmed up again. But in case you forgot, I'm your host, Ingrid Garcia, and you're listening to the Bold Ambition podcast. Today, we're jumping right into it because the Bold Ambition is collaborating with a new up and coming brand, Caliente Boss. And this is our first ever collaboration. You'll hear from Davina the founder of Caliente Boss. After you listen to this episode and you hear her story, you can head over to calienteboss.com. And I'm actually featured in an interview on their blog. So that'd be fun too, if you want to check it out and support. So in this episode, you'll hear about her story as an immigrant, a writer, and a creative in Austin, Texas. I actually met Divina at UT during my time at fashion publication Spark Magazine. And I modeled for one of her pieces. So it's crazy how this is a full circle moment. I'm here for it. You're here for it. So let's jump right into it. I am originally from Monterrey, Nuevo León, but I moved to Laredo when I was really young. I would say about four. And from there, now I'm currently attending UT, and I'm a senior there, a senior journalism and entrepreneurship major. And I've always just been really into the world of writing and exploring where that could lead me. And that led to different avenues, including magazine writing, and now my little blog series that I have, Caliente Boss. Yeah, so tell me about Caliente Boss. Like, how long have you had this brand and series in mind? Is it quarantine that pushed you to start it? Or how did you kind of start this passion project of yours? So I originally launched on the first day of Hispanic or Latinx Heritage Month, which was September 15th. And this was something that I've always just wanted to do because I felt like I was always just writing for someone else. And this was my way of sharing my perspective on the world around me through my own medium. And I felt like that was just something that was very empowering on my end. And I, the topics that I talk about are three different pillars, and um, I just feel like that was just something that I'm really passionate about, and it's I could call it 100% my own. So it's been really inspiring, and it's been something that I've always had in the back of my mind, but quarantine for sure really just gave me that spark to just finally do it. How do you set Caliente Boss apart from other blog series or newsletters? I know that there's a huge lack in Latinx media in general. So what do you think Caliente Boss's overall mission is? With Caliente Boss, I really just wanted to reimagine what Latinidad could look like through self-care and community education. Um, Because I feel like everything that I've encountered throughout my personal experience as a Latinx person has been through the lenses of well first community education which is learning from others and having shared resources so that we could all elevate ourselves and get to the next step whatever that next step would be for you but also 
through this kind of hustle culture, I've really placed importance in self-care and self-love. And that's also where, um, yes, it's okay to be productive and to be the, per the best person that you want to be, but also taking time to take care of yourself and to do it in a way that's really healthy. I feel like that's something that our community really um, needs at this point, and it's something that I personally have benefited, benefited from. So that's kind of where it, I've been inspired to do this. Yeah, and I think you have some really cool pillars that define those exact goals and missions that you have. Can you tell us a little bit about those? Yeah, so I have three pillars, uh, and I could go in order, but the first one that I really thought about was 1-800-CALIENTE-BOSS, and this one was the core pillar that I kind of branched out from the other two, and this one's just an informational how-to series to guide people to their professional success, whatever that means to them. And so that's where it all kind of started. It's very entrepreneurship uh, focused. And from there, I got the idea of Hot Girl Diaries, which is like an informal, more casual, uh, entertaining series that explores mental health, mindfulness, and I call it emotional homeostasis because it really just goes in waves. And so that's my second pillar. And my third one that I feel really passionate about is called Heat Wave. And that's a social justice series where I could have more honest conversation about pressing and also uncomfortable issues in the Latinx community. Can you also discuss the need for more Latinx voices in media and in the spotlight? I think when we first um, started discussing this collaboration, we also talked about how, yes, we're Latinx people, but we can talk about other things besides our Latinidad. Like there's a lot more that we can address and contribute to. So can you tell me how you're kind of finding that balance? So for the past five years, I've been in the publication industry. And something that I noticed that just really irritated me was people in newsrooms or just anywhere that I wanted to write, they really just wanted me to be like the token Latina that would write about these Latinx specific issues such as like immigration. And that's something that I like to consume. That's, some, that's something that I'm really informed in also as an immigrant, but it, it wasn't everything that I wanted to write. And I felt like I was just really being taken advantage of just because this is part of my identity, even though there's so many things that to me really compromise who I am. Like I'm interested in fashion, I'm interested in, um, in identity and culture. So there's really all these different layers and I didn't really want to be put into a box. And so when you think, or when you even look at newsrooms right now, they're still predominantly white. So I feel like through this blog series and just the work that I've been doing at UT as a journalism student, I'm really kind of pushing those boundaries on me like my voice but not necessarily writing about these topics specifically i also came or come from like a magazine slash newsroom experience like I, i've experienced being in those rooms and i completely agree like i felt that way too so how did you start to break out of that box that they placed you in was it coming in with different pitches was it having a talk with your editor or simply just, you know what, I have to create Caliente Boss because I'm not able to express myself the way I want to. I definitely feel that I've been just really proud of Caliente Boss and what I'm doing here, but it was 
100% a really long journey. And at first it was writing about these topics, just learning that that wasn't for me. And with that, just learning how to say no. Like sometimes I would walk away from um, an offer or a writing gig that was, it seemed interesting, but at the same time, it would put me in that box that I didn't want to be in for the foreseeable future. And so that was something that that really taught me was to just say no and to really assess what I, what I really am wanting to write about and what I'm interested in. So definitely just finding my individuality and looking for people that see me as not just my identity as an immigrant, as a Latinx person, but people that just are interested in knowing who I am. I would love to also talk about your writing, your writing process. When did you become a writer? I mean, I know for me, I found my love for writing in fourth grade when I started discovering essays and how to write an essay. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about how you became perfecting your own writing craft? Yeah, so I really just tell everyone I've been a writer since I came out the womb. I always knew that I wanted to be a writer and that's something that even just my family members, they've always just told me like, oh, you're really good at this. And so I feel like that really led to me blossoming into the place where I'm at now where I'm just really passionate about writing and even from when I was younger in elementary that I would write little essays like you said that you're really interested in as well I was always doing any kind of writing and like always reading and this was just something that just kind of came natural to me and some people take some time to learn their passions I was just very lucky to know right from the beginning that this was mine and I've been doing all kinds of writing but really what speaks to me now is just opinion pieces and cultural pieces and really just thinking deeply about certain things and exploring them. So do you have any advice that you can give to any aspiring writers out there or can you maybe share some writing habits some good writing habits that you have? Yeah I'm currently an editor at Spark Magazine and I've been an editor for close to a year now and as editor, I tell all my writing kiddos, you need to not only write, but read. You need to really just study your craft. Like if you really want to be a writer, you, you need to be able to do both and to find time to do both of these things. And as far as writing habits, I hear all the time that just writing every day really helps. But personally, I'm one of those people that I write my best when I'm inspired or when I'm in that creative zone. But at the end of the day, you need to keep it up consistently enough to where it's kind of like like a little kid, where if a little kid comes up to you and asks you, hey, can I have some candy? And you constantly keep saying no, then the kid's not going to come back and ask you. So that's kind of like where creativity for me and that creative flow of being in the mood to write, that's kind of how I relate it personally. So where if you keep just saying no, if you don't make the time to have those opportunities, then it's not going to be there anymore. And it's going to be a lot harder for you to be inspired. So definitely be consistent. But if you need to take some time, that's also perfectly fine as well. I know also like everyone has a different writing style. Everyone has a different writing like beat, a beat that they prefer. So 
one writer's writing might be completely different to what you write, but that doesn't make you a bad writer. That's, I think that's what I love about writing in general. It's so, it's not black and white. It's like everything in between. It's like all the colors. Everyone has a different style of writing and it's always really personal. And I've heard this before, but I don't know if I'm 100% relate to it, but I really do think that there's some truth in the fact that you can't create art without looking within. And some other people could be inspired by other, like maybe other cultures, other forms of art, like whatever it may be, be inspired from external things. But I also really see a lot of truth in creating from your identity and your experiences. And that's just facts. Like you, me personally, I don't think I can, I can create art without it being through the lens of a queer Latina in in Texas, but from a border town and also is an immigrant and also um, knows Spanish, knows English, sometimes speaks in both languages. So all these little nuances of who I am just really influence the way I write. Can you expand a little bit more about your identity? How much of your queer Latina border town identity do you carry with you, not just in your craft, but also at school, at work, at at a social setting? Like, do you feel like you're ever made to feel smaller or you feel out of place? Or how has that confidence journey been for you? In Austin, Texas, at least, I definitely experienced some form of culture shock just from the fact that I was born in Mexico and everyone's Mexican there, obviously. And then in Laredo, I saw the statistic that there was like 90, something like 95% of people are of Hispanic descent. And so I've always been surrounded by, by just this group of people. And so coming to UT where everyone's predominantly white, and then Austin, who is also predominantly white, I feel like that for me was a really big culture shock. And it took definitely some time. And it's something that I'm still working through, uh, just navigating this space that wasn't built for me, but still being loud and being bold and just taking that place for myself. Because if I'm not going to do it, then for sure, no one else is going to. I agree. How do you feel like Caliente Boss comes into play with that do you feel like you maybe 10 years ago you wouldn't have had that confidence to start caliente boss because you felt like there wasn't a place for you at the table for for media like caliente boss how do you feel like caliente boss plays a role in in claiming your space so when i first came to ut I feel like this was probably the biggest, not just culture shock, but shock in general of my life. I've always just been under this blanket of comfort and knowing that I'm Latinx, I'm with other Latinx people, and I didn't really have to think about certain topics very critically, just because they weren't presented to me. And so I've always had that confidence and that self-assurance but coming into UT, coming into Austin, this space that's predominantly white, that to me was a complete 180 of my, of my self-love even, of my confidence. And it took a lot to kind of work through. But for example, like even just the first day at 
at Austin and like this is my first day and my parents were gone. I was by myself. I was looking at student orgs to join and there was a lot of sororities that were didn't really particularly seem interesting to me, but I just wanted to kind of explore everything, get to know everyone. And there was one sorority, I can't even tell you like the name of them, even if I wanted to, but they were all just like these beautiful blonde girls with blue eyes and they looked really happy. And I tried to go up to their table, but they just told me, they just told me that they weren't interested. And yeah, no, it was, it was a whole thing. But in kinder words, they just said they weren't interested, which was interesting because later, like as soon as I left, there were some other girls that were also blonde, blue eyed, and they even just like called them towards them. So that was the first day that I was really at UT and I was like, oh, that's how it's going to be. Because that's something that I never even thought of before. And now the fact that like, I look different from these people. And not even like I'm still like a white Latino, white Latinx, right? But yeah, that was just really interesting to see. And then another example of where I was kind of even just kind of scared of what was happening around me was I was working at Pizza Hut, um, just a regular, just um, part-time job while also like going to school. So I didn't even have that many hours here. I was just kind of there very briefly, but I always got into these heated arguments with the managers who were very boldly just Trump supporters. And I'm okay with like, well, I'm not okay, but honestly, if it's a workplace, I just rather not talk about it and not hear about it. Like it's professional, but these people just kept just talking about their beliefs and they were, I don't, don't even get me started, but you know, they were very visibly Trump supporters and would always talk about things that would anger me and they would do it purposefully, like just say racist remarks, just say ignorant things. And so one time my manager just said, oh, I don't really want kids to be learning about these things like slavery, the Holocaust, because then it teaches them how to be racist. It teaches them how to be how to be and not just like these two specific things but just like you started listing all these things in history that you think oh a normal person would say you need to learn from these things you need to learn and do better but to his interpretation was just kind of like it's exposing people to these circumstances where how could you not be sexist how could you not be racist how could you not be like xenophobic because you're learning about it in history and so that was really the first time that I really got to see how specifically Trump America thinks about certain things. So that kind of just felt like this was a random guy working at Pizza Hut. So what does that mean about the people that I'm just meeting every day on the streets? Like if this was just like the regularest person of all the regulars. And so that was a big culture shock as well of like just knowing that there's just people out there and you might not talk to them. You just pass them on the street. You don't think anything of it, but just like anyone is just like immediately looking at you or they'll hear you talk and they'll immediately have some sort of opinion about you. So that's definitely the biggest thing that I learned, at least in my time here in Austin. And I know I'm going to be here for quite a bit amount of time. So it's just something that I'm, I've been navigating and I'm still kind of coming to terms with. 
Wow. Yeah. I also could like list out so many examples and it's, it is very frustrating when, when a white male, especially in the workplace or any, any place actually thinks that his opinion or, or voice should be louder than yours. And I think that you creating Caliente Boss is a perfect way of taking up the space that that should be yours, that is rightfully yours. You've been living and trying to navigate through these different culture shocks in Austin, but now I know that you're more active on campus. Like, do you feel like the student life on campus is more accepting and open to identities like yours and, and to other identities who are not like ours? That's a tough question. When I think about my identity in a campus that is supposedly or it's supposed to be for people like me or there it's supposed to be making room for people like me but at the end of the day their policies don't really reflect this reality then I do think that I found some a lot of friends I found a lot of people that I'm really close to now that understand me and see the world the way I do and I feel really, really happy to have met people through UT, but at the same time is an institution that at the end of the day was not meant for people like me and it's not doing all it can to make that space available. Is that really an institution that really cares about me? I don't know. It's still, it's difficult to answer that. Can you talk a little bit about what challenges, because you're a senior right now, what challenges you'll face upon graduation as an immigrant? The future definitely scares me. And it's something that I think about every day, but I try not to because it's inevitable just the way things are going now. And even just like my immigration status aside, I'm going into a, I'm going into a world in a job market that is vastly different than how it was even just seven months ago and so that has taken a big toll on my mental health but then paired with the fact that I'm so I'm not a U.S. citizen I'm I have DACA and so they just the Trump administration recently switched the I guess like the two-year requirement to a one-year and so every single year I have to pay it's $4.95 but basically $500 just to work in this country and go back to Laredo, visit my family, uh, get a job, get a job, get a license, get all these little things that I kind of very much not take for granted, but that other people might. Um, That's just been significantly harder to navigate now that they switched it to one year for the renewals. Yeah, life's been tough, but also I take a lot of, I have a lot of reflection in the things that I do have and that's been helping me a lot. So like the people that I love and that love me back, like my my family unit, my blog, like I need the boss, and even just the things that I do, that's been really keeping me afloat because I also don't think that like my productivity or allegiance to an institution and to a country, that shouldn't really be the ultimate goal you know, like my ultimate goal should just be to be happy and to be living the life that I, um, that I could look back and love. And so at the end of the day, I know everything will be all right, but you know, it's a struggle, but what can we do? 
Of course. Where do you see yourself in five years from now? Well, I'm 21 now. In five years, I'll be 26. And that seems like it's really far away, but also like it's um, dangerously close to getting there. I really want to expand Caliente Boss to the best of its ability. And this is a project that I've been, I've been thinking about for quite a long time, but even just the implementation of it is something that's completely different. Like I'm constantly growing and finding new things as problem solving. And so I really just want to do the best that I can with this, be it in like my blog, a newsletter with a YouTube series, and even just like just starting um, my own shop, my own like events and series workshops. That's something that I feel really passionate about and I would really like to do with this. But I also see myself living in Austin for quite a while and breaking into the tech industry here, I feel like also really calls to me. So I still, to answer your question, I will always be writing. There's never going to be a point in my life where I'm not writing. But I also want to experience as many things as I can in this world and making the best of what I could do here in Austin. I'm, I'm excited to see where Caliente Boss goes. I'm excited to see you grow it. Can you give advice on people out there who want to start something new, who want to have that side project, side hustle? How do you go from an idea on a napkin to a physical, tangible website or product? So it's very funny how you said idea on a napkin because I feel like my ideas are like, pages and pages of notebooks like I probably have probably five notebooks where I've just been writing things down over the course of the course of like even four or five years so I definitely think that number one you constantly have to be thinking about things always have it in the back of your mind because then you'll be showering one day and then you'll think of something you're like oh my god let me write that down um or then you'll be you'll be shopping and then you'll see a specific color in like the fruit section and you'll be like, oh, this is the color that I want for my brown. Just little things like that. Like I said before, you have to open the door to them because if you keep shutting it, it's not gonna come to you. And so step one, always have it in the back of your mind. And step two, and this is really just the final step, just don't be afraid to fail and just start. Because a lot of times, at least for me specifically, I want things to be perfect or I just don't do them at all. And so that's that's my Virgo moon probably. I'm, I've just always been this type of person, this perfectionist, but I can't let that get in the way of doing big work or doing something that scares me or that's going to challenge me. So first things first, think about it. Let it sit, let it, let it just like marinate. And then once you have something that you think you'll be proud of signing your name to it and just do it. I agree. I get questions about like how much work does making this podcast take? How much time? How much effort? And like the truth is you have to really want it. But I also struggled with even releasing that first episode or even announcing that I was going to make a podcast because suddenly all these expectations arose and I was like, shit, like I have to really deliver on this. So I also think that talking to someone about it and helping maybe them helping you put it on paper like a mentor or a friend is a great way to start but ultimately you are the only one who who can get it done and 
I, I completely agree with you on the perfectionist thing. Like I sat in my closet like three times before I actually recorded my first episode, but like, I can't wait forever. I can't wait for the perfect circumstances to have the perfect mic, to have a studio, to, I don't know, to have all this time to edit because it's never going to happen. And sometimes I'm up on nights till midnight trying to edit this podcast episode and trying to get the perfect description down and taking care of our Instagram feed. But you're so right. Like, just just do it. Let go and do it. Great things will happen. Also, the YouTube series that you have, can you tell me a little bit more about that? Or is it still kind of marinating or how is that going? So for like YouTube series, I have everything planned out, but that's the thing that's been the scariest for me. So I'm kind of being just more patient with myself and easing into it because I have other things that I want to do, but I can't do everything all at once. And so I think that once I just get enough traction to actually just like start. And like I said before, it's just one of those things that you need to rip the bandage. So it might not be my first YouTube video might not be perfect. But also if the first thing that you put out is perfect, then that just means you did it too late. So I'm definitely excited and looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to, um, I want to do a book club for the new year. So that's also that I've been, something that I've been working on, but for sure, there's a lot cooking, but just, I just need to, I just need to get it done. Can you please tell everyone where they can find you, where they can find Caliente Boss and all of that good stuff? Yeah, so you can find me, Divina, on Instagram at Caliente Page and for Caliente Boss it's just calienteboss.com and Caliente Boss at Instagram so it's just I keep the brand alive this like hot girl brand is very much me so you could find me there yay thank you so much for being on the podcast Davina I'm really excited to see where, where Caliente Boss goes and to see you grow with it yay okay. thank you so much